let's go back to the, the Bluetooth and the <laughs> Apple Pods <laughs> and see if we can figure it out. Dude, I think we just need to... Can we save this and do another one real quick? Yeah. This season of Good is sponsored by Musicbed. Musicbed represents over 700 indie artists and composers with record label quality music for you to license. Also, check out musicbed.com for more information on their subscription service, giving you unlimited access for all your projects. As a good listener, you can get one month free off any subscription type. Just head to musicbed.com good and use coupon code good at checkout. This season of Good is also sponsored by Film Supply. Licensed stock footage from world-class filmmakers. Plus, if you're short on time, they have free footage research available to help you find exactly what you need. Learn more at filmsupply.com. Well, welcome to the show, Natalie. Thanks. Where uh, are you right I now? I do have to have preface that my dog is very whiny right now, and I have no option but for him to be in the office. So if you All hear good. weird noises, I'll do my best mm. to minimize. But Natalie, where, yeah. where are you at right now? I'm at home. It, you, so you moved to L.A. How many months? I mean, you moved to L.A. It's like, coming up on a year now, which is insane. What was the, uh, obviously you get there and like the world shuts down, but what was your initial reaction? Oh, damn. Like, I mean, not like New Orleans at all. (laughs) Um, It's growing on me. You know, I've always loved working here and I was working here more than I guess anywhere else, but it really wasn't working that much in New Orleans. But of course now, once I move, like, I can't tell you how many jobs, I'm about to go back to New Orleans for (laughs) a long time, but, um... Yeah, it was just, it was like, I mean, yeah, with the COVID layer, that's a whole thing. And then just, um, yeah, it was quite a culture shock, you know, and people were quite different. Um, And then just being in our home (laughs) 24-7, but it was also nice. The silver lining was like, we had all the time in the world to unpack and settle in and really like make a home. But um, yeah, it's it's growing on us, and I guess we'll be here for the foreseeable future. I don't, I don't think it's a forever thing, Yeah. but for now, you know, I, yeah. I see, I, yeah, yeah. I what day have, did you actually move to L.A.? I'm curious. Was it, like, actually a year ago? Um, April, like mid-April. Oh, shit, so we, you're, you're already in, in the midst of So, that. yeah, we had, like, made, we've been, my husband, who's also in the industry, he's a director, yeah. um, we had been, you know, back and forth for years as we were considering New York for a while. And then we're like, ah, oh, we can't do those winters. And, <laughs> you know, um, and it just made more sense to be in L.A. Um, and so we finally pulled the trigger. Like, we made the decision. I guess it was, like, at the um, end of um, the fall of um, 2019. And we're like, okay, we're going to do it in 2020. And so we came out here in, like, March. Like, before, like COVID was a thing, but it was, like, yeah, yeah. Not, you know, we really, you didn't really wear masks yet. <laughs> um, we, everybody was so unsure. So yeah. while we're here, we found a place, signed the lease. Okay, great. Then the NBA shut down, and we're like, oh, shit. Okay, <laughs> what's going on? We got back to New Orleans, and then, like, the world shut down. And we're like, oh, God, like, do we even move? And, like, what what do we do? Did you um, have, just- did you have, like, regret, like, maybe you made... A bad decision or we yeah there were seeds of that but um but then but no i we don't feel regret at all 
like, you know, there were kind of inklings of that in the beginning, like, oh, God, like, how long is this going to last? Is this, we're spending all this, you know, doubling our rent, (laughs) (laughs) Um, not making money. Like, what? Yeah, so there was regret then. But now it's like, okay, I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we did it when we did, and we're already settled in. We don't have to go through that. Sorry, I don't want to harp on this, but I am curious. what what led to the decision? I mean, you kind of talked Why? about it. But yeah, yeah. Dig in a little bit more. I'm curious. Like that is a big question for a lot of people. Is like you know, yeah. for people outside the market, like what drove you to yeah. to move to LA? You know, I guess just being able to. Um, let me back up. So I mean, I was like, I was doing it in New Orleans. You know, just tra- just being based in New Orleans and traveling, and yeah. and um, was able to you know shoot a lot of you know uh, films and commercials and whatnot um and it 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 really came down to yeah relationships and and being able to cultivate genuine relationships with like physically being in a place it's hard now with covid so hopefully you know but like just um and yeah you know i would come here and meet up with people and whatever but um, yeah, I just, I, we both felt that we might, we would regret not having tried at least, yeah. you know, um, and, and I'm seeing how it's paying off just being able to like, even if it's a, you know, socially distance, hang out, go, go on a hike with someone, yeah. um, and, and, you know, or grab a coffee or something, um, yeah. that, that really goes a long way. And so, so yeah, that was it. And then for my husband too, just be, you know, he he just did his first feature film a couple of years ago and, and he was trying to get the second one off the ground. And so that's already paid off for him by meeting a producer who's now on board, who, who lives wow. like less than five minutes away from us. And it was just someone who I worked with. We met up, we hit it off, we did a project together and Brian came and worked on the project to help me out and they met and, you know, so it's just that right. organic relationship you know organic yeah. way to form relationships so and that unfortunately as much as I love I miss New Orleans every day and you know my soul is still there and will always be but um it was just hard you know hard to meet new directors and producers yeah. and and that kind of thing just yeah. being, being there so um yeah I'm sure we'll end up back there one day but <laughs> I, I know this looks different with you know um different people especially during covid but um there are like a lot of jokes kind of about like dps kind of persistently like hitting up directors um but i'm curious what does that networking look like for you um is it really kind of uh i don't know maybe walk us through like what that looks like as you're trying to kind of grow your relationships with directors or producers Um, or whatever yeah i haven't been one to like hit up too many I guess I'm kind of shy when it comes to that and I just always yeah. like, I don't know what to say and like you always feel like you know directors get hit up so much and like you do, you know you don't want to <laughs> just be one of those people but then it's also important so I haven't done that I've done it a couple times but um I guess it's just kind of like all my relationships have just kind of just been from working with one person and, and just word, yeah. word of mouth and um it, it just kind of kind of build that way really are you so, the kind of person a lot that of kind luck. of do you feel like your work like you really do want your work to sort of attract the kind of people that you want to work with is that like yeah intentional? absolutely yeah. 
100%. That was always like from the days where I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I knew that, <laughs> that like right. that was important to like always like curate at least what I put out there, you know? Yeah. Um, with the, the one thing the I will say about that. the one thing I will say about Natalie, just because I've worked with her, um, like I can see why she doesn't necessarily, not that it's not important, but she doesn't necessarily need to be someone who's like, reaching out a lot <clears throat> because she brings like a ton of seriousness to whatever she's doing. So I would imagine that Natalie probably doesn't get hit up for like a ton of small stuff very often. What, I mean, music videos or like whatever, but like, um, some more like filmmakery sort of like hustle stuff. Like I, I can't imagine that you're doing that anymore at this level. Like you're trying to no. focus on features and commercials at this point. Right. Yeah, I mean, my main focus is features or long form. Um, but I actually did start off the year with two shorts, passion projects, you know. So I'm getting away from short. I haven't done shorts in a while, but they they were really important to me. Um, one was with the producer I was telling you about. It was a proof of concept for a feature. I read the feature. I'm like, oh, my God, it was one of the best scripts I'd read in so long. And it just it moved me. And I was like, I have to be involved with this. And then... Yeah when i met the director and the producer they were just amazing like-minded people who wanted to you know tell um stories that i'm interested in telling and i was like yeah sign me up you know i don't care um and then the other one was with a good you know, friend collaborator ryan booth um and this was a long time coming for him to do his short and so we had been talking about that for years um so yeah i mean yeah i do get hit up for small stuff all the time but um it's just about like um yeah is is this meaningful and who am i collaborating yeah. with and right yeah, yeah. okay how, how did how did you guys meet oh christian um i mean well we both lived in the same city in new orleans but what was like the how did we like first that's a good question like officially i feel like it was like not in new orleans that we first met I feel like the and the first like real time I feel like we hung out hung out was at a conference in Fort Worth. Yeah. The film and, and I, music. Yeah. Yeah. And you were doing a cinematography class and I don't remember yeah. how I got on because <laughs> I was like Kristen, I need someone to like yeah, moderate nervous. or like how do I just like start this thing? There was no like situation yeah so i just came um, in and sort of introduced yeah. everybody and then didn't do anything at all i just like let it, i think it was just the <laughs> no getting you started asked some part. great questions you're right yeah, and yeah. helped like even though we, we had been talking though i think leading up to yeah that. like it's not like we didn't know each other no i mean right? you, li you lived you know literally less than a mile from me as you know across the river across the river it's it's weird how it took a, a couple months to do, but you were always, you know, busy and stuff, working and stuff. And I think I was probably new to town. That was like the first probably year or so mm. where, I, where I moved back to, to New Orleans. Right, right. And, you know, definitely everybody was kind of like talking about Natalie and some, like if you hadn't known, Natalie had like, you know, expanded her network through New Orleans, like very um iconically you know like it's she's sort of put on this um you know i don't want to you know make you feel weird but that's that is how everybody talks about natalie in new orleans is this kind of um you know 
treasure to the, the, the filmmaking community here. So it was definitely hard to see you leave, though, Natalie, I will say. It was um, so hard to leave. I know you're coming back all the time. I cried a yeah. lot. Well, it looks like, yeah, I'll be there soon for a long time. Um, <laughs> Natalie, did you, you know, kind of where you're at now with, like, focusing on um, narratives and, and, and features and then, like, maybe shorts that are leading that direction, um, mm -hmm. is that somewhere that you feel like you arrived or is mm -hmm. was that kind of the goal from, from the get-go? It was always the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, just telling stories was always like why I wanted to wanted to do this. I feel like there are a lot of people probably listening. Um, I think Christian and I can can relate to this too, but there there seems to be like I mean, you know, I went to film school because I wanted to make movies, you know. Um, yeah. And I think growing up kind of in the industry when Christian and I and YouTube Natalie were kind of coming up, it's like there was like the whole Vimeo world, which is very new kind of in like our early kind of formative years. And I feel like in a lot of ways that kind of um, created this path of like, well, you make commercial, you make specs or something and then you make music videos mm -hmm. and then you make commercials. And that's kind of like what you do, but nobody really like talked about like, how do you go, how, how do you cross over yeah. to making, to making <laughs> movies? And I'm curious if yeah. you kind of got like swept up in that kind of uh, prescribed I don't want to call it the Vimeo path, but I guess that's like, I don't know. Yeah. It, I know is that something mean, that you yeah. fell into as well or, or, and then kind of realized that you, that's um, not what you wanted to be doing or do you feel I like that was necessary in... to get to features or, or what? Yeah. I mean, I had such a winding path. Um, hmm. I mean, from everything, you know, first job was at a TV station um, yeah. where I was like shooting and editing and directing and writing like this doc style TV show. How old and then were you that at that point? Um, so I kind of had another, let's call it career, but not really, um, like right after college, I didn't go to film school, went to college in Louisiana, major in mass communication. Cause I knew I wanted to do film. That was yeah. the closest thing I could find. Yeah. But then out of college, it's like, okay, how do you, how do you do this? So then it was like, I needed a job to just pay the rent. So yeah. I started working at Hollister as the store manager in the mall. Yes. <laughs> and I had, so I minored in theater in college and I had a couple friends, or it was a friend who, uh, in, a theater friend who was uh, an assistant manager. He's like, come to Hollister, get like benefits and like the salary isn't Hell bad. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, great. Okay, cool. I'll do that until I figure out like how to make a movie. Very important question uh, just to yeah. interject. Is it true that like, outside of Hollister they like they like mop with uh like cologne I've heard this that like they just like spread um, cologne uh, all over the front of the yeah, store to drop yeah pretty in. much pretty much pretty <laughs> much it's it's so it's the same company as like Abercrombie and Fitch which is yeah. like really why I ended up quitting if they're horrible <laughs> and you know like it, it it's all yeah that's a whole other story don't say but, how you really feel Natalie yeah, I mean, they are, you know. Um, but it worked there. It was in Lafayette, Louisiana. You can keep talking about like Hollister if you'd like to. I don't know. If yeah. Like to <laughs> I worked there for like two years. And it, like, it, they transferred me to like Dallas. And Whoa. Hot so it was like this whole. Yeah. And then I up and quit. I'm like. <laughs> okay. Were you making this. stuff while you were at Hollister? Yeah. No, I didn't know how to make stuff yet. Okay. Mm. Okay. 
So up and quit, like, didn't really even give them a notice. I was like, I'm done. Didn't give my apartment a notice. <laughs> like, I'm out. Um, moved back to Louisiana, and and then I was like, okay. And my, like, boyfriend's dad's friend owned a TV station. And the small TV, it was like a house that was converted into a TV station, and they were hiring salespeople. And I'm like, I don't know how to sell anything, but, like, that's, like, I can get my foot in the door and then somehow get into, like, behind the camera, whatever. Yeah. So that's what happened. I was, like, in sales for a few months and didn't sell anything, but, like, made it a known <laughs> fact that I wanted to be in production. I would just go, like, sit in the back with the guys and, like, watch them edit and final cut, what was it at the time, for whatever. And, um, and you know, they would kind of show me the cameras and I was just infatuated. I was just like, oh my God, I got to do this. And so Did you know one what guy, like a, a cinematographer even was at that time? No, no. Because in college, like we really didn't learn filmmaking. It was more like mm. kind of broadcast, audio stuff, writing for news, a little bit of TV production. But I, yeah, I didn't know what a cinematographer really did, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, cut to, like, them firing a guy in production and them being like, hey, you want his job? <laughs> yes, great. <laughs> so they kind of, like, gave me this show <laughs> that, oh, um, yeah, it was kind of like a one-woman band and did everything on that. Um, what was the cut, show? It was called Unconventional. And um it, it was it was. <laughs> I would just kind of look for interesting people or places and just kind of do a little story about them, you know, wow, doc style, interview yeah. them, and then so they gave you equipment was, and you would go out. Yeah, and do some stuff? yeah, yeah. And they gave the, the the huge thing was like it was creative freedom. Like I could do whatever I want, structured in whatever kind of way. So cool. just go out and shoot and. um come back and edit it put it together and like i just that's really how i learned how to like operate not really light because i didn't yeah. i had a, a little kit and you know just kind of when was the last time you watched an episode of unconventional um I, <laughs> let's pull it up um, right here hold on i'm yeah. just kidding um not too long ago um because when we moved you know we cleaned out the yeah, attic yeah, yeah, and yeah. i have all the episodes on on oh, that's um, great. many you know as many dv oh, wow. all yeah. the tapes and um so yeah it, it's in, in all seriousness though, do you look back <laughs> at any of that and see like i was like onto something you know are you like uh totally fucking terrible totally. or do you do you see kind of like the glimmers of like uh what you've built on since i mean i i wasn't on i was on to um not anything like cinematography related, but just telling this, telling a story with with images with mm. the camera, you know. Yeah. And the first time I realized I was on to something cinematically, I guess, was like the first short film that I shot a few years after that job. When, um, and you know, I w I could see like I watch it, I watched it in the last few years. I'm like, okay, yeah, I could see this 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 framing and and mm -hmm. what I was doing moving trying to move the camera with you know without a dolly it was just like 70 on a towel on a wood floor yeah. and yes. you know i could see my lighting kind of i was really starting to experiment with lighting i had a couple kino flows which was like a big yes. deal and um, i still love kino yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the the new ones are um really great the um the bike or the um the ones that you know are, have a full color spectrum but anyway 
But uh, I don't know how much you want to keep talking about my past. <laughs> I want to hear it all. I want to okay. hear it all. I really am so, curious. That so, I, I love that um, the kind of – I feel like I, I can kind of identify – it was it was in college when I was still in film school, but having a moment of like, this isn't terrible. You know, like this right, is like – Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to hear kind of more about more about that. Like, what what was it that you saw that kind of felt like something you could build on? Yeah, I was when um, so TV station job came to an end, and then I was able to like get on set as a camera assistant, and that and that's kind of what, where I learned. Oh, what, this is a cinematographer. Kind of did that, and then um, how did that then, happen? How did you get on set? So through unconventional a movie came to town, okay, in Lafayette, Louisiana. So that's when the tax incentives started to come uh, about. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so I did a little segment on, you know, this movie and the BTS. And we, you know, one of the interviews was with the DP. And so that's, you know, where kind of my first taste of, of that job. Cool. So he actually hired me on um, his next project. And, um, and that was my, you know, that's where I really learned about like camera in in, in the film perspective, and like because it's yeah. quite different shooting with the um, was it that one ten the the mini DV I forget the name of the camera um, Fuji something um, man people or JVC one ten people, people don't it. know about mini DV and logging yeah. and capturing <laughs> and shit. It's so gross. Oh, yeah, logging capture, yeah. <laughs> Firewire know about those tape decks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Firewire yeah. 800 is clutch, <laughs> man. Wow. I feel like that was, like, yeah. really important, actually, to just, yeah. I don't know, for it to be, I don't know, dealing with, like, physical medium. You know, I don't shoot film very often, but, like, learning on, like, a physical medium, even though it was tape. Yeah. I don't know. I feel there's like. There's something to it. There's something to it. Yeah. Yeah. Intentionality yeah. or uh, something. Natalie, yeah. is there something that you look back at that time when you were trying to get on sets or just trying to get started that you you can see now like, oh, if I had just done more of this, I would mm. probably have gone made the things I wanted to quicker or something. Is there something you can look back on now? I guess I'm <laughs> saying like, did you get distracted in any way? But if it's a... No, I, I didn't. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I kind of got a late start. Like I was, yeah. How old were you when? You um, like when I so like that TV station job. I guess I was twenty five ish. Okay. You know, so it was like late twenties where I like made the official decision. I'm going to concentrate on cinematography and, and being a DP. You know, so I feel like that was um, yeah. I was like twenty eight, twenty nine. You know, um, but I, I was always like after I made even before I had shot two shorts after um, like or before I like made that decision. You know, that's because I was like worked as an editor for a little while before that um, and then got out of post and started shooting, you know, these shorts um, with my friend Misty Tally, who you might know, Christian. I don't know. In New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. So she like wanted to direct. And so we would just, you know, go off and, and make these shorts. But um yeah, and then I got serious about it, and um, what, where, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, kind, you know, kind of like age, you're feeling like maybe you're a little oh, yeah. behind. Yeah, they're, well, I always they're... felt behind, but but the focus, yeah. like, I, I was always, I shot a lot of shorts, so that yeah. was always like, you know, I would go and shoot corporate videos or whatever for money, 
and my husband and I had a company at the time, and so we did a lot of the money gigs, and then we always made sure we saved up for passion projects. And I think there was clutch living in a place like New Orleans where the cost of living is relatively low compared to here. And, um, yeah. you know, you're able to do that more. So, um, can, can you yeah, dig into I, that I a little bit for people? Like what, I don't know if it's too personal, but what did that look like financially for you guys to like, were you putting a percentage aside or yeah. how did that kind of work between the two of you guys? Like, yeah. Kind of figuring out how to, how to put that money aside. Yeah, so we we didn't like put a percentage aside, but we made like we always knew what the end goal was. Like we we were lucky enough to like shortly after we started our company, we we're still living in Lafayette. Um, we got a contract with Wildlife and Fisheries in Louisiana to do these like short documentaries on the commercial fishing industry. So we would go yeah. out with crawfishermen or shrimpers or whatever. Um, and that was like, God, like a three-year contract, you know. So it was, it was like that was our daytime, you know, our day I job. That. I just and imagine so Brian just like... throwing up over the edge of that boat for like three <laughs> He did hours so straight. many times. He could, <laughs> and of course, yeah. Trying to like, you look into a camera while you're in the <laughs> yeah. thing. That is yeah. the worst. And then, of course, his first feature is on a houseboat. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, a little more stable, yeah. but same thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, did you ever feel? Because <laughs> I know I'm. I I felt like this for sure, uh, and I'm sure you have too, Christian. But like, did you ever feel kind of like lost? Like, shit, am I gonna do this forever? Or did you know that it was you're kind of biding your time? I guess um, I was just optimistic and was like. And sometimes it felt like oh, I'm gonna get like I'm never gonna get yes I'm I'm never gonna get where I want to be I'm never gonna get to shoot a feature I'm just gonna you know um, always be doing this and but I just like am stubborn enough to like keep pushing yeah. through I guess and, Natalie seems like an obsessive um, personality um, <laughs> in terms of like what she's doing Am I wrong Natalie Yeah Like you do no. kind of close in on certain things and you're like this has to be So I I, I yeah. do feel like I mean, I share that sentiment, I guess, in the shyness sort of leading to me being like, well, I'm going to work extra hard on the work and make that better than it should be so that I don't have to really speak mm -hmm. and I, I can just make, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can kind of be obsessive yeah. about this thing um, and everything should yeah. sort of fall into place, you know? Yeah, I love how I all three so. of us feel that way, but we're all sitting here talking on a podcast. Talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Natalie, I'm I'm interested, and yeah. in, I don't know how much this plays into kind of like uh, you kind of forming as a filmmaker, but I'm super interested in the fact that you were kind of like in the post world for a little mm -hmm. bit. Do you feel like mm -hmm. as you're thinking about what you need to get and what you don't? as you're shooting are you are you like editing in your mind at all as you're uh, yes. yeah walk me through yes. kind of what the, like, how that's not, kind of informed all the time um especially for films you know that that's how like i don't understand how you cannot think about editing but that that time spent as an editor was was huge because i edited a lot of the tv stations of that yeah. and yeah. editing at the post house you know was just like i'm so thankful for for having that time um, 
to know that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like that's like when I'm shot listing with a director, you know, I'm all, always thinking, okay, like how is it going to be edited? And, and you know, yeah. um, and I'll Can, ask them like, are you seeing it this way? Just to, you know, make sure we're in line. But yeah, it's huge. It's everything. I was watching, yeah. um, I was watching some of your stuff this week. The, um, the Julia Stone video. Mm-hmm. I, I w- which is beautiful and amazing. I was thinking about this, actually watching it, uh, kind of this topic where I was like, I don't think there's any way, maybe I'm wrong, but that you would have been shooting that feeling like you knew what the edit was going to feel like. No, I think for music videos and even commercials, it's, unless they're really narrative driven commercials, it, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's uh, hard. What I was thinking to, though, to like, think about, is yeah. that difficult for someone in your position to kind of like um, just kind of hand over full trust that like all these feel like very disparate images that don't Mm -hmm. totally make sense to me, but I'm going to trust that like, you know what you're doing. Do you feel like that lack of control and are you okay with that? Is that difficult sometimes as a, as a DP? No, I think it's pretty freeing like to do, especially a music video where it's just like a montage and nothing has to really I mean, you know, like it's okay. Like you, you don't really have to think of that much continuity as much as you do in a, in a narrative film. So it's it's yeah. spring just to kind of paint that way, if you will, you know. So yeah. I think it's fun. And yeah, like, you know, if uh, I'm working with a good director, then there's full trust and like, okay, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. but it's just going to be handled properly. Natalie, yeah. is it tough for you to like not think narratively when it comes to images? Like does your, your um, mind kind of initially go towards that sort of narrative story driven visuals i mean not in a situation like that with the music video because it's all about you know style and um and, and the imagery so the image right. really you know and, and the artist and, the, and that comes first um but yeah i mean i guess i can you know um it's in commercials i guess it just depends on on the concept and um it's just, I guess, a commercial, there really isn't, like, a script. I mean, there is a script, but not a script like there isn't in a film. So it's just, it's just yeah, it's a, it's a quite, it's, I really, ha- you know, have a different sort of mindset. Like, I'm sure I inevitably, inevitably bring my narrative sensibilities to that. But, like, it's, um, yeah, it's just such a different way of thinking. It's like when I'm in the commercial space, it's like, okay, this this is for the client and agency ultimately um and you know you have these storyboards that are you know it's it's just so different um yeah but it's just like inherently such a different process uh unrelated to any specific music video or not even music video but project in general um have you ever loved what you've shot and then been horrified when you've seen the finished product how often all the time every time (laughs) Every time. <laughs> so hard to watch rough cuts. Every time. I asked my husband. He's like, he has to remind, he's like, this is like what you do. Remember, yeah. this is a part of the process. You you hate it every time. And then I have to have distance. And then, okay, I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. Aside okay, from yeah, rough cuts, because everyone hates like assemblies and rough cuts. But like the project is done and it's live and you're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yes, it's still, it's like the first time I see it. I, could it, yeah. could it also be anything yeah, or is it all cinematography related? Is it just like anything about the project that you're kind of 
feeling uneasy about or are you kind of focused on the the cinematography portion it's just hard. when you shoot something like as a dp it's it's hard. you're just so intimate with with yeah. a project that you shoot you know like i mean it's just hard to be fully objective and not uh-huh. see yourself in your hand and like ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and then once you can kind of break that and be a little more objective it it gets easier to see it for what it is and, and yeah. you know and then and then i have more appreciation for yeah. it <laughs> well I, yeah. I really i think we should sort of zone in on uh lost by you a little bit because um, yeah. obviously I'm in like a similar situation with the kind of movie we just made, um, yeah. with it being like a micro feature, but let's just talk about like the beginnings of that project. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, there's some questions I have sort of about like you and Brian's relationship, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. but like, tell me how that kind of came about. Like why, why did you guys decide to make it such a, a small movie? Um, like how did mm-hmm. you guys raise the money mm-hmm. for that and, and mm-hmm. what was the shoot like? So Brian and um, Hunter, who was one of the writers of, of Lost Bayou um, and one of our dear friends, you know, they've been trying to get a feature off the ground. There was one script that was, just, you know, tried to get funding. It's just too big of a budget. So they wrote another script. Um, same thing. Couldn't raise the money and so lost by you came out of like okay what do we have access to uh (laughs) brian's like i want to make a movie on a houseboat i grew up you know on a houseboat my parents had a houseboat we would you know lived on there in the summers and i would love to you know have something a movie tell a story something said on houseboat in the chaffalaya basin in south louisiana so um hunter and nick who's the other writer kind of took that and ran with it and made it, you know, pretty small, the two main characters, not many locations. Um, and then it was just kind of grassroots. Um, I think it started with a seed and spark. Um, and they raised money on there. And then after that, a private investor came in and threw in the rest. And we got a grant from Aerie, which supplied our whole camera package and some cash as well and then um i think that was a yeah that was a part of the create louisiana grant um and so you know it was still well under half a million dollars (laughs) yeah how much did you guys shoot it for do you mind asking um i think it was i want to say 250 okay yeah so like if that much around there yeah give or take um all in yeah, you know yeah, post. yeah. <laughs> um so and it was just about getting all the friends all the people who have collaborated on the shorts together and and you know begging and watering and, and still stealing and, and like let's go home home and make this thing and yeah you know we lived at brian's parents house for three months and um you know our couple of our producers stayed with us there um and you know everyone's working for well below well below what they're worth um and they just all you know believed in us and the story and you know really wanted to to make it happen and it's because of all those people who came together it's yeah. like you know brian's dad is like the the marine captain you know he because he's a he's a fisherman he knows the basin like the back of his hand and so mm-hmm. he was like 
he took us out scouting. We're like, we need a place like this. He's like, oh, yeah, I got you. We go into this little, you know, grove right here. And then we had five boats in the movie. So he helped coordinate all of that. Hunter's dad had an RV. So he came and, you know, that was our production office. And, you know, all the parents cooked meals and contributed, you know. So it was like literally just a, a family, you know, making a film. And it's a beautiful experience. It was hard, but it was because of the people and everyone's like genuine attitude to like want to be there and um, really believe in what we were, the story we were telling. It was just, you know, every day was like magic. <laughs> it's yeah. just one of those experiences you just want to hold on to forever. But um, how many I'm days? Sure you, yeah. I'm sure, how many? Just real quick. How many days yeah. did you guys end up shooting? So in principle. Um, I think we ended up with um, only like 13 days or 14. We lost one to snow, which was insane. That was that year. It was just the coldest year in Louisiana a long time. And then we had two pickup pickup days in um, the spring. So all in all, you know, maybe like 15 days. Yeah. That's Um, cool. Yeah, which is (laughs) insane. (laughs) Natalie, I'm sure you kind of had like an image or a dream of like what making this feature would look like and feel like, mm-hmm. uh, knowing, I'm sure knowing it was going to be hard. Um, what did your real experience, how did that line up with kind of maybe what you expected and hoped that it would be? I was really, um, satisfied. Like I feel like, so that was my second feature. My first one, I don't really talk about or put it out there because it was just a practice one. Let's call yeah, it sure. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. So it was kind of all these things that um, I feel like um, I had been wanting to visually express for a while that all yeah. kind of culminated, you know, and it was um, a collaboration with my husband. We just got gotten married four months before we made that. Oh my God! Yeah, and then moved in with the in-laws. So you're married for four months, then made a movie and lived with your in-laws for three months. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have like that had its ups and downs? Do you have like a clear sort of moment, uh, a trial moment where you guys had to figure something out? Oh yeah. One example. Wait. Okay. Um, So (laughs) she's like, I got twelve, but I'll I'll figure it out. This season of Good is sponsored by Musicbed. We had the chance to sit down with their CEO, Daniel McCarthy, to talk about why Musicbed exists and how they're helping creatives further their craft. We felt like there was all these indie filmmakers and a ton of indie musicians and they needed each other. Um, Like we all know, like the best films are a marriage between the moving picture and music. I view it as an ongoing ecosystem that continues to you know, increase the value of art that continues to allow artists to support other artists. Thanks again to Musicbed for sponsoring this season of Good. As a good listener, you can get one month subscription free if you go to musicbed.com slash good. This season of Good is also sponsored by Film Supply. Here's their CEO, Daniel McCarthy, again on what makes Film Supply the best stock footage resource for films. The footage being licensed is the footage coming out of passion projects from filmmakers, and, and it's because it is the most authentic, cinematic, and it's, the, it's all the stuff that all the filmmakers have put all their blood, sweat, and tears into, yeah. and it shows. Like, you look at a clip, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's a motive. I want to use that. The guys that just go out there and shoot a day for stock, like... That's not who we are. I mean, that's not what we're about. Like, we're about 
helping filmmakers fund passion projects and seeing the footage from these passion projects actually get used in commercial ways. Thanks again to Film Supply for sponsoring this season of Good. With Film Supply, you can license stock footage from world-class filmmakers like El Ginter, Diego Contreras, Masio Frost, and more. Plus, if you're short on time, they have free footage research available to help you find exactly what you need. Learn more at filmsupply.com. Yeah, it was like getting, you know, crunch time. We were just running out of time. We still had a whole other scene to shoot. And there was just no time to light it, but it was a night interior. And, you know, and so Mm. Brian was getting antsy. And so we kind of got in an argument and we had to go to the other houseboat next door, not the one we were shooting in, and just like have the argument, get on the same page. I'm like, okay. And, uh, and then go back in, and then I just ended up lighting it with the practical lantern. It worked out fine, and, uh, but that's all I could do. But, yeah, so it was just, you know, the thing about working with your spouse is you really have to separate that the, um, the sides of your relationship. You know, when you're on set, it's like you can't take out, you can't take things personally, just like you can't take things personally when you're working with any director, you know. And so when he gets anxious or whatever, and, um, you know, I can't take that per It's like he's just reacting to, to what's happening on set, and it's not a reflection right. of our marriage, you know. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, when we go home, you know, we're still you know, shot listing and, you know, in bed or whatever and looking at <laughs> oh, daily, you know. It's like so yeah. it doesn't turn off. Um, but it was still a beautiful experience with all, with all of that. Um, but it's, 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 it's hard to balance and, um, and it definitely took years of, of just going through it. There were so many, like in, like pre Lost Bayou, like on shorts, we did together. There were some really hard times when we were both still finding ourselves as filmmakers, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, you just take things the wrong way and you're still, you're trying to just um figure out how to work together how to also like express yourself and you know it it was just it got really hard and there were many fights (laughs) and then as we matured and and grew into each of our roles um it it became much easier and i'm I'm so looking forward to the next one because we've grown so much even since lost by you i'm excited to see what comes of it but um yeah, but it, you know, it, it's, it's also a special thing just because you, you know, you have so much inherent trust built in, you know, right, with right. that relationship. Um, so it's, you know, we barely have to talk anymore and we're mm-hmm. just, you know, we're just, that that's really nice to have, you know, yeah. with any director. But What was the, yeah. uh, could you give us kind of, you know, if you had to summarize the hardest part about Lost Bayou, making it the way you guys made it, you know, what was sort of the biggest, other than, you know, you could always say time, you know, adding yeah, more days, yeah. but working with that size of crew, what, what was something that you maybe learned you could do, you know, with a small crew that you um, maybe take into the future? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it was really smart to write a script around the resources mm. this small houseboat so wasn't hard to light you know i could yeah. do it with the small package that i had um and you just and, had a what did you, you had an m40 and an m18 right that was it 
Yeah, maybe two M18s. I think an M40, two M18s, and like a Joe Vico. And yeah. then maybe like a, um, you know, an Astra. That and was it. Yeah, that's that was that was it. So we didn't have <laughs> For that much whole at all. movie, Darren. That's crazy. Yeah. So and I think about that a lot, like when I don't have much and I feel like I should have more. I'm like, well, you know, I was yeah. able to do a lot with with that. And it was also like curating the crew, like getting like people like Kevin Hughes, who is a dear friend who's gaffed. Maybe tell us what happened during the shoot with Kevin mm -hmm. and. Uh, you guys had an AD sort of, um, am I remembering it wrong? Kevin wasn't yeah, so originally the, the, the key grip or he was the, didn't he, he was have the both. Like, so, right, right, right. So Kevin, yeah, Kevin, um, came on, he initially came on as the gaffer and then, you know, it was just much, such a small thing. It just didn't make sense to have a separate key grip and have like two, separated departments as like and, and Kevin can grip and he's just one of those filmmakers he's you know blue, we call him blue collar filmmakers he's yeah. just down to like get down and dirty so he's worked on Gotta he's shot that. a lot for swamp people so he's worked on a lot of you know boats and like he's just you know totally capable he's like look I'm down to be the key grip as well and then we just hire you know a lot of swings and do it because it was a, we knew it was going to be like a, a revolving GME team, other than him, just like yeah. who was available that day to work for that rate and oh all of that. Gosh. So you didn't have yeah, the same so like, crew for the whole time. No, no, just Kevin was the wow. was the constant. Maybe one other person, but more or less, it was just That's yeah, stressful. people in and out every. Yeah, that was stressful. But he, I couldn't do without him. He managed that and just you know, I didn't feel any of the the negative effects from that you know like mm. he he just managed that flawlessly and you know a lot of these people green gut people a few times we had in some really experienced people who came in and um but you know he um yeah he ran such a tight ship and um he couldn't have done it without him so um and then the ad situation we had an ad didn't work out with him in after the first couple of days so he left, and our producer Russell had to step in and AD. That's right. You know, Whoa. so that was a challenge not having like a proper AD. But Russell did a fantastic job. And it's like too late at this point. Like you're making the movie. It's, yeah. Like we gotta yeah. get it done. Yeah. Was it was yeah. it a conflict like a scheduling conflict or something like personal, or was it like a a movie thing? Like was there a disagreement or something or like more or less yeah. the latter. Okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> we can leave it at that Whatever. um yeah. yeah man that sounds impossible not, not to get like super ahead of ourselves but you know the uh the movie you just did with jim cummings i mean you shot it i think well before 2020 right it was in 2019 19 yeah, yeah. um mm -hmm. what was the budget well like, was it something similar or was it much more um equipped? it was around two million so uh, the obvious question is like, what's the difference between yeah <laughs> yeah movie we and, had, yeah. I mean, not a huge difference, but it was a it was a little um, you know uh, yeah like more days obviously we had twenty four I think um, wow. it's another week and you know um, a bigger crew the same crew the whole time <laughs> you know <laughs> what a luxury. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, more tools. Obviously, there are a lot of night exteriors. So, you know, we had to have condors and bare lights and stuff mm. like that. I got to bring Kevin. That's got. awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a nice, well. uh, yeah, it's a good lesson, mm-hmm. I feel like, for people just, like, bearing down and, like, doing shit with people that you trust, you know? It leads to yeah. more. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's even part of that. I mean, I've worked with Natalie on commercial stuff where she she sort of would like to have her people and I love that shit man like yeah, I'll fly in, yeah. if we can like we'll fly anybody in to like especially on like core team like an AC or mm-hmm. yeah we out. brought in Tweety to Idaho yeah okay. and like it brings it's cool because it brings like a you travel around to these pockets of yeah. markets and you get like mm-hmm. a certain vibe of people it's always cool to bring people that you know you know and it's it brings like a weird new energy but it's i mean dude that's why i, I travel with the same producer you know mel's like that's yeah. what i was gonna say like i, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if there is a parallel but i guess producer would be like a good one for a director like i need yeah. to get a i hate starting over producer. man starting like every job i feel like i'm starting over and it's exactly especially yeah. like w- when i'm not i'm kind of like flying solo not like with a production company at the moment so it always feels like i'm mm-hmm. rebuilding every single mm-hmm. time yeah yeah and that can that just adds a layer of stress that yeah you know but you still you either. try and bring drew you know as, like, yeah as much as i can um but and that that definitely has helped um mm-hmm. natalie what is it like you know going i know you went to idaho with christian and we we're able to bring some people but going to like you know wherever and kind of having to build a, a team from the ground up what is, yeah. what is that like yeah, and I mean, what, what kind of stresses does that bring yeah i mean most of the time for commercials that's what you do and yeah. i really never get to bring in anyone yeah. um but yeah it's all about you know um luckily i have a great network of dps who i trust and you know so we share crew wrecks all the time and have had much you know success that way and so it's just calling and interviewing them making sure the vibe is right and that's what really you know. What do you look about. for in a vibe? So um, calmness mm. <laughs> um, and yeah. confidence. Really, you know, like, um, and, and are you kind? You know, are, are you a good person? Um, if if there's like this weird sense of nervousness on the phone from an AC, a potential AC, you know. I, I don't want to feel nervous on set, so I can't. Yeah. I can't have that nervous energy, you know. So I, I need someone who's got it under control and who has that even kill, you know. Presence. Um, I'd love to know the reverse too. We're talking to Jim in a few weeks, but I'd love to kind of know. Oh, cool. About, um, I'd love to kind of hear about that process with like maybe him. Yeah kind of bringing you on and what was that what was that conversation like and and that process like jared could you give like a or maybe natalie doesn't matter (laughs) natalie be much more jim cummings is like a very kind of um if you don't know about him you don't know about him right can somebody give him like sort of a a context of of the films he makes and how he makes them because i feel at least for the last couple years they've been sort of crowdfunded right or more like, uh, yeah, he's um, just kind of yeah. cracked the code. And Natalie, I'll let you 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 take this. Go ahead. Um, no, you can you can go ahead if you're <laughs> going to say. Something. I'll add well, on to what you're going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> uh, you know, from my perspective, Jim has like figured out a way. I mean, he he's made a lot of work. You know, a lot of shorts right. and, yeah. and other things. Um, yeah. And figured out a way. I know. You know, when he did Thunder Road. He made it as a short, and then 
uh, took it into a feature and um, was able to self-distribute on the back end and make all of his money back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so exactly. from that has kind of built this like framework of like, how can we self-fund <laughs> uh, and self-distribute and just like basically allow that to, to keep us, you know, going on to the next one, to the next one, to the next yeah. one, instead exactly. of waiting and, for larger right. entities to come into the picture. So, right. yeah, I'm curious, I'm right. curious from your perspective, Natalie, what is, what was that world like, I guess, that he's kind of been able to, uh, to create? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, I just respect Jim so much because he, he's all, you know, such an advocate for indie film and, and for keeping, you know, the filmmakers, you know, owning the the creative and, and keeping that in the filmmaker's hands. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Jim and I, um, I think, I don't know how we first met. I think it was just like on Facebook or something years ago, like before Thunder Road, the feature. Oh, wow. I think it done cool. Thunder Road, the short. And he reached out to me about another script that he was trying to get off the ground. Um and read it and we talked about it and then I guess it just kind of fizzled out and he never got the funding for it and then went on to make Thunder Row the feature um, and then yeah and then after that he called me about Snow Hollow and um, and yeah he was always some you know someone after I saw Thunder Road the short you know it's like wow this is very impressive and saw the features like this is you know someone who I'd love to collaborate with so I was really excited and called and, um, do you know, do you know what it was that you had made that kind of caught his attention? I don't know. Cause I didn't even, he wouldn't have seen my first feature. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe some shorts, in, maybe in, some in local commercials. Enough. Yeah. Unconventional, he might have been unconventional. Um, <laughs> um, how sick would it yeah, be if, like, I, day I one, Natalie know. shows up and he's like, I saw that unconventional <laughs> from 10 yeah. years. I want to try how something kind of like in. you did in that episode two. Of <laughs> yeah, episode two of unconventional. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely <laughs> Um So you guys, you guys sit down. Is he kind of convinced, like, Natalie, you're doing, like, you're, you're the one? Or is it, like, a bit of, like, a uh, interview process? No, you're, it's like you're, you're the one, pretty much. Cool. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah. It is, it is interesting, and, like, it, Jim's movies feel like Jim's movies. You exactly. Know? Like, yeah. So I'm wondering how you sort of brought, you know, like, what was the the pre-production like in figuring out the look and yeah. deciding yeah. for yourself? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, because that was the first time I'd ever worked with someone who had, you know, who creates like that, who just really has it sort of all in his head from the very early stage, because he's writing the script, he plays a lead actor, he's producing, he's directing, you know. So it wasn't so much like, um, let's find the visual language together. It was it was more or less like, you know, this is the visual language that I'm, um, you know, that I'm wanting. And um, so how can I integrate within that and, and, and enhance that? And so I didn't, I didn't really know that from, you know, how that was going to be because we had never worked together before, so I didn't know his process. So that was a learning curve for me, like, you know, during prep as we started to, 
to, you know, break down the script together and shot list. And, and then I caught on like, okay, yeah, he's already, he's already thought about this clearly, you know, from yeah. inception really. Um, is it like shot by shot or is thing. it like, is it, is it all sequenced out in storyboards at that point? Yeah. Like we did a lot of pretty much for every scene. We had an overhead um, diagram of, uh, yeah. I was, I'm fascinated by the idea of just because I would never think about a movie in terms of like, like overhead plotting, but I'm curious, uh, was that helpful for you? Was that totally mm -hmm. different? What did that kind of, like, how were you able to translate um, that, I guess? Yeah. I mean, and we did the, you know, traditional, like, sh like shot list. It was like in conjunction with shot listing is just to, to be able to really understand the blocking but I, we brian and i did that for um some scenes of most bayou i've done that a lot just you know overheads it's really helpful to see you know camera placement and and everything um so um yeah it was but we did that yeah i guess the most with with that um with that project and you know sometimes it would we would have to pivot from the original plan um for whatever reason and um but sometimes it would end up more or less in line with what what we had planned you know um but a lot of a lot of um most of the movie was on dolly a lot of compound camera movements a lot of zooming more zooming than i've ever done uh, <laughs> in my life <laughs> um which was cool it was totally like outside of of my comfort zone which which i love to be in because i feel like that's where some interesting things can happen um and it's funny, and like since since that movie, I've kind of incorporated Zoom and in, in some mm -hmm. other things. In in the next feature I shot, actually after that, um, we did some Zooms. But um, yeah, Zoom is cool, really man. Fun. Yeah, I think I was yeah. on a commercial maybe like a year ago or something with this uh, cinematographer named Sean Bagley, and he didn't even tell me he got the Zoom. I don't think, but we had a Zoom on set, and he was he was just like we should. Just like very specific shots. He was like, let's do this in, in a Zoom. And I was like, all right. And we did it. And I was like, yeah. it is something. I don't think I used it in the edit, but it definitely is something very specific. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious, too. I, I, I'm, I'm just so fascinated by uh, the podcast thing, too. Did that feel like, mm -hmm. having seen the movie now and comparing it to, to that, uh, did it feel like one in the, like two, you know, the same thing? Or did it feel like... Uh, yeah, I guess it wasn't yeah. representative of what you guys really ended up making. Yeah, totally. It was definitely cut from the same cloth for sure. Yeah, yeah. It feels like, and I don't, I don't know. You know, Jim's only made two features. I guess is that right? Two features, maybe more. Um, but two that third I've seen one, those. third one just came out. The beta yeah. test, which I haven't, you know, just I think premiered somewhere in Berlin, maybe. Yeah. Jared, what is going on? Dude, I'm right below my kid's room, and sometimes they literally have PE, like virtual PE. Oh, wow. Where they have to do like jumping jacks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize. It's not Natalie, usually like this. It's really getting me right now, Natalie. I'm yeah. sorry. I know, um, I, Jim seems like the kind of guy, though, that like... Uh, I don't say this in any kind of like limiting way, but it seems like he's not there to like explore a whole lot, right? Correct. It feels like he's kind Correct. of got it dialed. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was very new for me, because um, 'cause I'm used to um 
yeah, more like exploring together with a director. Yeah. So it was just like, okay, how how do I kind of fit in? How do I enhance what he's trying to do? Um, and, and a lot of it was through, you know, once I caught on to like his visual language, it's like, okay, I can I can speak it now. Once you know, um, was that as you were shooting, or was that in, you were able to do that in pre production? A little bit in pre-production, but I feel like it really caught on and as we were shooting. You know, what do you, um, can you and, describe that, though? Like, what, what was the thing that um, the visual sort of language that you guys sort of came to? Other than, you know, obviously we can watch the movie, but, like, was it something more intangible uh, as far as, like, the way the camera was moving? Or yeah, the yeah, the way light? the camera moves, um, the way, um, um, it, you know, well, I guess a lot of compound camera movement, movement in in conjunction with zooms. So, mm. you know, um, sometimes the camera would be autonomous and then come into, like, a more subjective perspective. And um, so, yeah, and it was just, um, really efficient, which I love. You know, a lot of, I think he's a big fan of longer takes and wonders. Um, so I really appreciated that. Um, you know, like, can we do this scene in one take or, uh, I mean, yeah, in one take, one setup. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of that, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was it, um, the question. was it like, did you feel the same sort of pressures from the smaller movie at any, at any time? Like, um, going from Lost Bayou to this movie, I mean, like, was there anything that was just clear that was like sort of still difficult about the process? Um, I mean, yeah, you still never have enough time. There was a ton of locations on this movie. I feel like it was a different one every day, you know. Yeah. Um, so you really weren't like Lost Bayou is kind of easier in that sense, where it's like the houseboat's the main location, so we're re you can have it chance to really get dialed into the houseboat um yeah when well, this is constantly moving um i haven't i had never previously shot in that much snow so that was um a new thing um and really you know larger night exteriors in in the snow you know mm. so, you know that that was a fun challenge how did kevin um, feel about all that um, um yeah we we just you know at first we're like you know i'm reading the script I'm like how the hell you know uh -huh. am i going to do this but um we just did so much prep together and so much like staying up late at night you know we were all like kind of living on this like farm um and there were different little cottages and so we would just you know go by the fireplace at night with a hot cocoa and just like talk about each scene. Mate, we had this Bible, you know, like scene yeah. by scene, like a plan of what we were going to do. And he's such just a nurturing collaborator. And, you know, um, it's just, yeah, it was just, it, yeah. it was, it was easy with him because, you know, he, he helped it, you know, make the process just a lot smoother. But um, I mean, we were both kind of nervous going into it, but I think because we had each other, we were like, yeah, that really helped. Um, also, the other new thing sorry. I was just going to say, like, although this is like, this was a, the, my first like studio film because it was produced by Orion. So they were involved, but they were, they were really great. And it was a, um, a film that was going through um, a bond company. So that was like a new process for me where the bond company has to like, you know, call a DP. Hey, like you, you got this. Can you deliver this? You know, cause it's like, if we don't do it on time and on budget, then it's like, they're, 
they're screwed yeah or yeah. less so um that was a whole new element um for me but you, um, it still felt really indie like yeah. the spirit of it was just a bunch of friends together you know yeah. making it you're the, you're someone who showed me um sort of like breaking down a scene uh from like a cinematographer's standpoint like you have like a list of questions that you like to ask for each scene um mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could share those and sort of the purpose behind those questions for you. Yeah, it's just that's kind of like a how I guess my process has evolved. Um, and I've always been one, like even with the shorts early on, I've always been one to just ask a lot of que- like why questions to really understand the why before I even tackle the how, you know. Um, it's just kind of like the way my brain works. Um, I don't think technically first. It's just, you yeah. know, like what what's the worry are we telling here? What are the emotions, you know? Um, but really, so, you know, I was kind of always doing that and, you know, I put it down on, on paper and, you know, and it's sort of just a way, and, and it's never, it's just a way for me to, um yeah, break down the script um, scene by scene with a director and um, really understand, you know, at, at the deepest, uh, you know, at its core, you know, what each scene is about. So, you know, we'll talk about just that, like, okay, what what is the scene about? Um, what per, Whose perspective are we in? And I think, like, those two questions are, like, the most important, yeah. you know. Like, perspective is huge because that informs, you know, where you put the camera. Um, uh, you know, and talk about just, you know, emotions characters are going through, um, subtext of the scene. Um, one thing I've been doing with, I find effective is just like coming up with like a one word, just like a thesis of each scene, just like one word or just a short mm-hmm. phrase of like what it's about. And, um, so it's just like been putting that like on the shot list, like um, the scene heading. Um, you know, whether it's just like grief, um, mm. you know, um, rock bottom, boom, you know, so you, you just have that little reminder of like what you're trying to say so you get lost in the weeds if your plan isn't working. Um, so yeah, so I like to do that and I find it's a, um, me and Jim did that, you know, done it on every feature, a lot of shorts and, um, yeah, it's just a way for me to really get inside a director's head and, you know, yeah. and I don't want to ever, like, push my process on to any director. So, it's you know, it's all, like, with respect of how they want to work and if they're into doing something like this. So, which they always are, you know, because, you, you know, you just, just breaking down yeah. the script more or less with yeah. with one another. Um, it's also a way, like, if I've never collaborated with a director before, it's a way for me to, you know, A, get to know them and get close to them and earn their trust um, and for them to really understand, like, I have the story and the characters, like, in the forefront, you know, at, at all times. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 worked for me and, and it keeps evolving and, you know, um, yeah, and I just try to, like, really it, it's never done the exact same way i just try to like fit it in the way it fits with with that particular director and their personality yeah. and the way they like to work you know yeah um natalie something that i always think about when i'm looking to like bring on a, a dp is like i'm always kind of like curious like which i prefer like a dp with like a pretty 
um, kind of recognizable like style or even kind of like dogma mm-hmm. or a DP who's able to like really that's pretty malleable and like a you know like a chameleon who can do a lot of different things and, and then feel natural um, I guess I'm curious if that was a spectrum where you kind of put yourself like on the spectrum of like you kind of have your own like to some extent like rules of how you like to do things where you like to place camera how you like it to move um, versus like being pretty open and malleable to like whatever where do you mm-hmm. think you would kind of find yourself within those two things yeah I mean I feel like if you look at um, Lost Bayou and Snow Hollow and then the film after that which will come out this summer Shapeless I think they're all very different visual you know yeah. styles completely different so I think I'm a pretty much a chameleon but I feel like I don't want to say I have I mean everybody has an inherent style because everyone mm-hmm. has their own perspective and so you can't erase that and, you know so I'll always see the way I see but yeah I think you know I like to think of myself as as just you know um, being able to kind of jump in any situation and, and adapt to that and you know through my perspective yeah. um, sort of you know be able to to tell the story in a u- unique way and I don't like to do the same thing twice you know it's like yeah, yeah. you know and I think that's what keeps it exciting but but I like to try you know to hopefully keep a consistency and I don't know what that is because it's hard to be objective about my own work but some yeah. some consistency across the work you know whether it's like I, I think you know I know my writing is ground you know always grounded in naturalism and so like there's that through through a line um, so I know I bring that to the table. Um, so it's like little from, things, nuance from, like that. from Lost Bayou to Snow Hollow to Shapeless. Do you feel like, are you seeing like a progression? And if so, what things are you seeing kind of begin to take more shape as far as like your style or, or even like maybe, yeah. maybe skill, like what things are you feeling like you're, you're grasping a bit more as you, as you continue? Yeah, just really, really um, trying to like explore more nuance and and lighting it's really something I'm onto these days um, within the naturalistic space and it's 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 I think it's more just even scaling back and and more of like a less is more thing Um, like even on the last two shorts I shot it like it was that it's like you know really really you know um, tuning in to like what a location is telling you that it wants to be and and not trying to change it too much and you know even more so not you know trying to disguise my hand you know and i don't know if it's like a mature sorry sorry i mean i mean interrupt you uh another spectrum question do you see yourself as like someone who's really creating like you know these these scenes and these worlds kind of visually, or do you see yourself as like someone who's reacting to, like you said, like a space or a location? Where do you kind of see yourself in? in that, that is also a very good documentary, documentary, documentarian yeah. of like lighting and like she's always taking photos and like collecting bits of things. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I guess into to replicate in some artificial way. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and because like my background is is comes from documentaries um you know i i 
am always reactive. In pre-production, it's it's yes, the creating the world from scratch, and and yeah. here's what we're you know, um, and, and really like dreaming up this visual language, um, and yeah, and and then on set, it's like speaking that language, mm-hmm. but you're so fluent enough in the language that you can still speak it when you have to improvise. That yeah, makes sense, yeah. you know, and That's so still like being. It. Being open to improvise when you have to and just being aware and present enough to know when you should do that and when you're like trying to force something yeah, and it's yeah. not working. That's a and, good, uh, yeah. interesting sort of question, which like, what do you, can you still do the, can you still replicate the world when you're improvising? That's a sort of a, mm-hmm. that's kind of heady because it's like so much of it is in prep and like, but I, I definitely feel like that would be the drawback, Jared, of someone who is more sort of a chameleon or something, is it it maybe can float a little bit, you know, in times of pressure or something. It could just beco- become sort of vanilla or sterile, where it's yeah. just like capturing as opposed to like creating. Well, it's an interesting thing, I think, the role of a of a DP, because, and I'd love to hear your perspective, of course, now they like, um, you're an artist, you know, and you have your own perspective, um, but at least in the in the world of like, you know, that we're, we're working in, it is kind of at the mercy of like the director on some level, you know. So like, mm-hmm. your vision that you have, which you have to have one, kind of funneling it through this other artist's vision, you know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, when things aren't working, and it is time to become yeah like reactionary and like uh you know calling an audible and making something happen it just seems complicated maybe more complicated than than i've experienced as a director to be a dp and want to problem solve but also not want to like take over um yeah yeah how does that how do you operate when those kind of uh yeah well that's such a fine balance it really is it's a really delicate thing but that goes back to like that prep time and why breaking down script is so important with a director you know um to because you have to have that time to just learn that either you know like in working with jim like either you know un understand learn his language or come up with the language together and learn how to speak it together so yeah if you're fluently speaking it then it's like you're you know i I don't look at it as like it's like whoever gets the idea first on set if you both something's not working you're like ah just trying to you know look at it as you're problem solving together yes and if 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 i get the idea first of something i know would work and it's within this language we came up with together yeah then you know they're going to trust me and and um be thankful for um you know i guess like a solution and vice versa it's like yes you know it it just doesn't it's like the ego is like out of it at you know at that point does that answer your question yeah 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 it absolutely does i'm curious christian for you on the opposite side of things having worked with natalie like um natalie or whoever as a director christian like uh I guess how have you been how have you navigated that because I know for myself I'm like so thankful when a DP can step in and be like oh I think we should maybe just do this and I'm like thank god <laughs> you know but I, for you I definitely have much like with any a lot of different things in my life like a threshold of knowledge that right if you get to that threshold I'm going to completely 
give trust to someone like Natalie. But I think there's things that I know just as much, if not more, because I, I've been attached to a project for longer, whether it's a commercial yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. that I would lean into. My, my max threshold on blocking is probably a little bit better than most. My, mm-hmm. my threshold on like art direction and stuff is probably pretty good. But when it comes to exposure and like where a direction of lighting and like some type of, you know, lamp that is, you know, creating some bounce on his, it's like, dude, I trust you. Like it yeah, looks, yeah, yeah. it yeah. looked great 20 yeah. minutes ago to me, you know, and it's, but that's why yeah. I love like the cinematographers who, um, you know, not like to say, um, yeah, I, th- I think you as a relationship Natalie, obviously you have to know where the other person is sort of weak, you know, and try and mm-hmm. fill up mm-hmm. those gaps a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like some directors might not be, at, you know, strong in, in blocking. So it's like I have to know when to to help, right. you know, like to come in and, and help with that. Right. Some are, and it's like I don't, you know, I can just react and, and some know you know, focal and and we can talk about that and, you know, Mm. some don't. And so, yeah, it's about kind of reading the room, if you will, and like understanding what, what, do you you like someone who's very specific, um, in terms of focal lengths? Yeah. I mean, I like, yeah, like like I appreciate that knowledge and under like being able to speak the same language, you know, I mean, I think, you know, or, you know, in like in a suggestive way, like maybe, you know, maybe it's an 18 here, you know, and in a collaborative way. I, I love, you know, I love that. I, I love when, um, like Brian, my husband used to be a DP before he started directing. So it's, um, it's, it's nice being able to speak the same yeah. language. Yeah. I always hear like, um, I don't know, Jared, you've ever heard it, but like those interviews of Spielberg, like, I forget, I think it was, um, I don't remember, but he's like, he kind of says his only job is blocking and lensing, Hmm. you know, Hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, that's kind of rad to just be like, (laughs) (laughs) to just be like, I'm going to tell you exactly what lens is going to, it's very, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that's how he just, he's always done it or if that's how like old school Mm -hmm. directors are sort of brought up but mm-hmm. i just don't feel that as i much definitely anymore. feel like I, I i can like i have my opinions on those things um but i've also worked with yeah. dps who are like shocked that and i i have no like overwhelming wealth, wealth of knowledge when it comes to cinematography but like shocked when like i speak really visually you know they're like yeah mm. kind of like whoa i haven't really worked with a director who knows what they want and just even can speak like technically to like what's going on behind the yeah. camera so yeah. uh i definitely like dealt with kind of both ends of the spectrum from from dps who are like surprised by like that and then also maybe need that from a director sometimes as well mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's the that's the fun yeah. part about you get a, a whole gamut of like <laughs> cinematographers sort of approach to you and you're like <laughs> You're like, I liked that one. I didn't like that one. And you sort of find your people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know. Well, speaking of that, I'm, I'm curious for you, Natalie. We talked about collaboration a little bit, but I think it was a little bit more in reference to, like, your team when it comes mm-hmm. to, like, okay, I'm going to come on board and give 
five months of my life or whatever to like whether it's a series or a, or a feature is it uh i mean i think everybody asks these questions whether you're like an actor or dp or whatever producer it's like are you looking at the film like this script is great i want to dive in are you looking at the director are you looking at uh, whatever. Like, what? What are kind of the deciding mm-hmm. factors for like mm-hmm. I'm gonna engage or not? Yeah, um, the script and the director, and I think the director holds the most weight. Yeah, because the director can take a yeah so so script and and you know and and make it incredible. Yeah. Um, but the material, you know, the subject matter has to be you know something that. Um, resonates with me and, and something that I feel like I can contribute to. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are yeah the director is really digging into that. Important. Like, what do you look like? You're on the phone or having a meeting. When we used to have you know meetings. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what 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 do you uh, you know within that conversation? Like, what are things that feel. Um, that kind of draw you in to, to a director like wanting mm-hmm. to work with him or her? Yeah, just looking at their past work, obviously. Um, yeah. And then, like, you know, in that first interview, it's also kind of interviewing them, too, you know, which I've learned yeah, along the way sure. that you have to do, you know, understanding how, you know, what's their philosophy on on coverage and, hmm. um, you know, the, the, the way, you know, they... Um, yeah, make films and what what they want to say with a certain script, and um, yeah, just their process in general, how they like to collaborate with a DP and um, what they want out of a DP, and so oh. it's it's helpful to know all that to see if it's it's the right fit and the right chemistry. Um, yeah. I just have another question because this is kind of where I find myself at. Um, when when you're kind of like. Uh, maybe not officially, but, you know, kind of like engage with the project. Um, mm-hmm. What is, I'm curious, like what excitement looks like for you? Is it like a lot mm-hmm. of interacting mm-hmm. and, and back and forth with a director? Is it like a lot of communication? Is it like a lot of doing your own research? Um, what does it look like, I guess, for it to be like, I'm really stoked about this and where do like I start here to kind of, uh, begin like working on it so like before i officially get the job when i'm well, like I just, anywhere in the process like, kind of before, like as you're kind of gearing up for let's let's say you've won the job and it's time to kind of begin okay. where, where do yeah. you like to start um with talking to the director um about what really like hearing out their vision um you know i i've had to learn to make lookbooks earlier on than um yeah than i used to you know like i feel like with the bigger interviews um that i've had lately they want you to like already come to the table with the lookbook and that helps you get the job and so that that was sort of backwards for me because i always like to hear the director out and understand you know like what what they want to do and then build off of that um and make the lookbook once I'm in, you know, pre-pro and, um, but yeah, I'm having to make them earlier on. Um, and yeah, so I guess it's just the, ex- the excitement really comes from the director and like their passion. And that's something I look for. It's like, okay, like from what, which perspective do they, do they want to tell the story and why are they drawn to the project and, um, how do they want to tell it? And, um, and I just feed so much off of that. Yeah. And, um, 
and then from that inspiration, it's like doing my own research and my within my own database and like you know pulling imagery and you know and watching films that inspire me and then just exploring the, the possibilities. And pre-pro is like so much fun because like the sky's the limit and you know, you're in a calm yeah. space and in a room yeah. just, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. when <laughs> you're not under pressure and you know, in the you snow create. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> in the snow at night. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's really, yeah. Uh, what keeps you coming back? Because, you know, filmmaking is so fucking hard. What is it yeah. about? The, what part of the process is like, every time you get there, it's like, God, yeah. I freaking love this. Even though I hate yeah. a lot of the process, I love this. It keeps me coming back. Um, I think just um, learning mm-hmm. um, and trying to do better than the previous time. Because there's just yeah. always something to learn, you know? Natalie, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for thanks for chatting. Yeah. And it's great to like dive in with you a little bit. Um, yeah. Sorry that my kids are doing PE upstairs. <laughs> Some yoga. Oh, all good. All good. This was fun. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much, so much. and uh, we can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Don't forget, this season of Good is sponsored by MusicBed. Go to musicbed.com to check out over 700 indie artists and composers with record label quality music. And remember, as a good listener, you can get one month free off any subscription type. Just head to musicbed.com good and use coupon code good at checkout. This season of Good is also sponsored by Film Supply. Licensed stock footage from world-class filmmakers. And do not forget to take advantage of features like shoots and scenes. Craft an entire narrative with extensive collections featuring the same talent and settings. Plus, if you're short on time, they have free footage research available to help you find exactly what you need. Learn more at filmsupply.com.